Hey everybody, this is Rachel Bromberger, and you're listening to Unscripted for all things healing and well-being. I'm so glad that you're here for your weekly dose of real talk, deep love, and medicine. Wellness and healing are never a one-size-fits-all thing. What everybody needs is different. My guests and I are always preparing information for you based on our experiences, whether that's personal or clinical or teaching, whatever it is, whatever walk we come from, so that you can gain a gem every time you listen and apply it straight away to transform your life and your health. Hey everybody, first and foremost, I want to wish you a really happy holiday season, whatever you celebrate, however you celebrate. I hope it's amazing and wishing you just an incredible time with the people you love. Welcome back to Unscripted, everybody. As you can hear, I have a little cold and when I have a little cold, I either end up sounding like Fran Drescher or some like sultry singer in an awesome bar. So (laughs) thanks for bearing with me as I sound the way that I sound. Today we're doing part two of getting great sleep. And just as a reminder, how how we measure that is, are we falling asleep with relative ease? Are we staying asleep with relative ease? And are we waking refreshed generally? These are the questions that I ask my patients. These are the questions I ask myself. And for a little more on falling asleep with relative ease, we're usually talking about approximately 15 minutes. Once we get to the 30 minute mark, I would say we're starting to have trouble falling asleep if we're tired. If we're not tired, that's a different story for another day. Last week, we were talking about the importance of the physical environment. And this week, we're going to talk a little more about that, but start getting into what I call this moderate level. So I was talking about the importance of going from sort of the external to the internal because sometimes correcting sleep difficulties is really as easy as making adjustments to our environment, our routine, a couple of simple things. Sometimes it's obviously not as simple, but I want to start with the simple because why make a big deal and freak people out about how to get better rest without dealing with the easy low-hanging fruit first, right? So here's the last part of making sure that your sleep environment is suitable for you. Um, One of those things, okay, there's a couple. One is you want your room temperature to be neither too hot nor too cold. So a lot of experts and research will point us back to this 68 degree sort of like miracle temperature for sleeping. And I'll tell you from personal experience that is pretty accurate. So obviously in different households, temperature feels different based on the humidity and the dryness and just sort of how their air conditioning and heating units work. But generally speaking, that's a great place to set your thermostat and see if that's comfortable for you. Now you might need to be at 69 degrees or 70. You might need to be at like 67 or a little less, but generally speaking, 68 degrees is what you want to aim for, and I suggest trying that out for a couple of days at a time before you kind of come up or come down and let your body have time to adjust to that. In our house, when there's been an issue with the schedule on the thermostat, everybody starts waking up. So especially if it's too hot, it's 
phenomenal what happens when the temperature is too high for good sleep. Now I will say that if you don't like to use air conditioning in the summer, you will adapt to the heat over time as long as some air is moving, you have some fresh air. I lived outside at camp for years as a kid and a young adult and during the summers and we did manage to get good sleep. It just takes a little adjustment. But for most of us throughout generally the year, you're going to want to set that thermostat and we don't want to be freezing and we don't want to be too hot. And I know it's a thing that a lot of households have about how much they're spending on the heat and keeping it low or some people have the argument about not getting too cold, try it out and you can look online, you can do a search to back that up if you're having a conversation with the people you live with about what is that optimal setting. So there's that. Let's come back to that humidity and dryness thing. That is also something that could keep you up at night unnecessarily or make it difficult to fall asleep or rest well is if it's too humid in your sleeping area or if it is too dry in your sleeping area dryness tends to aggravate people it's irritating and so the mucous membranes will get dried out and people get very uncomfortable and sort of cranky in their sleep but may not know it in that case i highly recommend getting a humidifier cool air humidifiers are generally the best ones and then if you live in an area that's particularly humid or you live, you know, sometimes our bedrooms are in basements or just in places where there's a lot of moisture in the building or in the climate that we live in, you might need a dehumidifier so it's not soggy. Soggy rooms will have people kind of be upset with their sinuses. It can just be uncomfortable. People are sweating unnecessarily, feeling clogged. So a lot of this is about just finding your own independent equilibrium about what is too dry and what is too humid for you. And actually, the same kind of sinus distress can happen for people when it's too dry. So too dry sinuses will be unhappy, too cloggy sinuses will be unhappy as well. And we want to handle that the best way that we can with some of the devices that we're lucky enough to have in the modern age. So we have that. As we move into this moderate level of how do we create an opportunity for our bodies to remember how to sleep well, we start looking at what happens between the bedroom and sleeping and like walking around in the house and having a cup of tea or helping somebody else get to bed or whatever we're doing kind of between winding down for the evening and getting to sleep. So we're in now this moderate thing, right? We've talked about our external circumstances, specifically the environment of our bedroom. And now we're looking at specifically this moderate level, this in-between, this medium place before we're asleep in our rooms, but after we start ending the day. I have a lot of tips on this. The big one that I want to give you right now because it's so easy to implement and it's something you can straight away start today and it's perfect to do in the season that we're in, getting into winter here, is adjusting your lighting. So it's really important to, as much as possible, eliminate your overhead lighting 
once the sun starts to set. And that's because we do produce chemicals that keep us awake and we do produce chemicals that will help us sleep. If you have overhead light on in your environment, when you're supposed to be getting ready to wind down for the night, your body will respond to that kind of like at sunshine because it's like overhead. Usually overhead lights are bright. You might be lucky enough to have some dimmer ones or a dimmer switch. Um, however, m- most of the time overhead light is going to be too bright. So what you want to do is use lamps, use dimmer switches, bring things down to like a golden yellow, kind of like that matches the sunset. So you're not getting this bright input to your biochemistry. And I do that in our house starting around dinner or after. Of course, it depends on the season, but especially in the darker months, as soon as we are kind of eating, we even eat in low light sometimes. I want our body chemistry to know we're starting to stop for the day. We are beginning the end of the day. And this is one way that we don't just tell our mindset this and our nervous system, but we're telling essentially all of the cells in our body, hey, we're getting ready to do this thing called sleep. So I highly recommend that you use things like salt lamps, again, light dimmers. You can use actually certain LED bulbs have a smart feature that you can set the color and you can also set the percentage of light that you're getting out of them. We actually use some of those in our house. They're great because as we get more and more ready for bed, we can bring the light lower and lower and lower. So this is really important. And next time we talk about sleep in part three, I will discuss with you some of the sneaky places light can show up when our routine is funky around getting ready for bed. So stay tuned for that. And I will talk to you soon. Have an amazing week. Looking forward to talking to you next time. Also, there's this great blog that we just posted up on my website. My associate and dear friend Bridget wrote it. It's about how to deal with all that brain fog and bloating and upset that happens with all these holiday meals. I highly recommend you check that out. rachelbromberger.com slash blog. It's amazing. You'll love it. It's easy to implement. Enjoy. Do you love listening to Unscripted? If so, and you have a moment to spare and you can rate and review the podcast, that would be amazing. And you can follow along by pressing that little add button in your listening app. Subscribe to the show and it'll be available to you every time it's produced. Don't forget, you can download my free bone broth recipe. And if you're a veggie, don't worry, there are options for that at rachelbrumberger.com slash recipe. It is the perfect time of year to get warm with bone broth. Don't forget, I want you to get that deep nourishment that we all need when it gets cold out. Thanks for tuning in to Unscripted. This is your weekly dose of real talk, deep love, and medicine. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. You take care.